Welcome to Optimize Your Lifestyle with me, Steph Clarkson. It's a place for wellness, brain training, life hacks and insights with me and my fantastic guests. Come on in. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Steph Clarkson and I'm joined here today by the lovely Richard Mason, who is a nutritionist, a personal trainer and of course my husband-to-be. Welcome Richard. Hello again, everyone. Hello. So we're still in the midst of COVID-19 and we're in lockdown. And so I thought today's topic would help a lot of people, generally speaking, but particularly at this time. And that is the topic of overwhelm. So we're often overwhelmed with many things, with our emotions, with our to-do lists. And to me, the word overwhelm, it really just means overstimulated. There's just too much stuff, whatever that stuff might be. And when we were kind of discussing the topic of this podcast, um, you didn't really call it overwhelmed, did you? You called it something else. No, no, I didn't. I, I understand the word, the word overwhelm, but actually I, I identify the word what you were describing as, mm. as just stress. Yeah. And that's interesting, isn't it, that actually... When we get to a point of too much stuff, the body goes into a stress response, which I think is probably why you know that's kind of correlated mm. for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, you know, we go into fight, flight, or freeze because it's our nervous system and our body saying, "Well, guys, this is too much. We can't take any more. We're gonna really need to give you some extra oomph in the form of adrenaline to help get you through this overload of whatever that overload may be." So I won't ask you if you've ever been overwhelmed. I think it's a very rare person that's never felt that there's too <laughs> yeah. much um, in, any, yeah. in any respect. But I guess, um, I guess it'd be interesting to discuss how you deal with it when you recognise it, if you recognise it, what kind of signs do you get? And when you get those signs, how do you pull back and get back into a state of calm? So I think one of the answers for that for me is there's definitely a physical response um, I think the feeling of being stressed, which for me is probably a bit of a tense chest and, you know, a hot and bothered sense and also be more reactive to people. Um, yeah. I know, you know, when you kind of laughing and joking and making conversations with me when we're working from home, mm. I can be a little bit more tetchy. Yeah. Um, when I've got yeah. to that stage. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah. So being mindful <laughs> of how I'm reacting. Um, but also, I think for me, the big one is the language that I'm using in my head. And it's mm. when I start to use phrases like, I have to do this, I need to get this done. I've said to myself that I will get this done by six o'clock and it's five o'clock mm. and I haven't even started. And it's this narrative mm. you're, you're of pressure. Yourself, aren't you? yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah. yeah. And that's why language is so important. And, you know, language that we use to others, we're actually quite mindful of. Um, but something I talk often about with my clients is that. How mindful are you of the language that you use to yourself? Because it determines so much about your physical and mental well-being because the language you use will determine how much stress she is and how much that stress impacts the body. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting thought, isn't it? Because um, in actual fact, before, before me and you met, I didn't really pay any attention at all to the kind of language I was using and I... Mm. I think I maybe exaggerated some words and, and my language. I probably said things that I didn't actually mean. Mm. Um, it was just a, a way of elaborating, I suppose. Mm. But yeah, I think you've opened mm. my eyes to, to realizing that actually it, 
it may not matter to you what you're saying that and you understand what you mean but your brain doesn't necessarily you're 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 saying certain things is making you mm. believe things subconsciously possibly and that's making it worse yeah and that's absolutely it it's reinforcing a belief that a lot of the time is totally ungrounded mm. you know so especially with a to-do list i have to get through this well what happens if you don't okay there are some situations where you have a particular deadline and we you know we've all pulled the all-nighter or put in the 12-hour shift because it actually was important but the vast majority of the time that's simply not true and we push and we push and we push ourselves and like where does that come from but where do we inherit this gene almost of doing and achieving and ticking off that box do you think hmm. i i would imagine that, well i would say this that my my reasoning behind working hard and telling myself I must work hard, I must earn good money, I must do this, I must do that, probably comes from maybe on my upbringing. I think mm. I've seen my, certainly my parents work very, very hard mm. uh, and it rubs off on you. I mean, I, I've always assumed that's why I work very hard. Um, but I don't, I, maybe, maybe not, maybe it's, maybe it's a language as well that doesn't help. Yeah, I definitely think we do pick it up from childhood and that could be the parents, the community that we live with and school. And actually, um, I think this was Mm. easier to see when I was in the position of the teacher, actually. Mm. And I used to have a class. Now, half of this class were really naughty and they (laughs) wouldn't do what I asked them to do in class, never mind outside of class. (laughs) So like many teachers, I had to get quite hard and quite strict. And my language became quite quite grandiose you know i always say look the simple fact is guys if you don't get your head down and revise and look at this stuff when you get home you're not going to pass that exam and that's not on me i can't control what you do when you're at home that's on you guys i mean these were 17 to 20 year olds i wasn't saying this to seven year olds um but what i found very sweet was there was this other half of the class who were brilliant students they would go home and study and do everything i asked them to and one of the a particular girl came up to me and said, Steph, you know, I'm doing all I can. I'm putting all these hours in. You know, you come into session and you say, we've got to do more and I don't think I can give any more. And let's call her Janet. And I said, Janet, when I'm saying those things, I don't mean you guys. You guys are great. You guys give me 110%. I mean these five that never listen to me. So what I started doing um, after class at that point is I would address it to these five and I would say to the, to the great students, Right, you guys close your ears. I am not speaking to you. You ah. five, listen. And, and I thought, oh, isn't that interesting? I mean, I'd spotted that and was able to differentiate. But I wondered how much in my schooling I'd done the same thing and, I, and I'd eternalised mm. what that authority figure was saying as gospel yeah. and read that as, I'm not doing enough. I must, I must, I must. And actually, my teachers were probably aiming it at the couple of, yeah. you know, the couple of kids who was, oh, I'll be all right. I'll make it upon the day. Kind mm. of attitude. Some people can get away with that, can't they? So, so even, even as far back as being at school. If you look at tribal communities, I wonder if they have that same impetus that we do, that same drive. I wonder if they get overwhelmed stressed at the end of the day because they haven't got through the to-do list. Or I wonder mm. if there's a very different mindset and this is more of a Western world thing. I don't know the answer to that. I just find it interesting how much our culture gives us these ideologies yeah. of we must work yeah. hard, we must achieve, we must keep going for the next goal and the next goal. Because especially schooling is aimed like that. I mean, even 
I mean, you're a big gamer. Even video games yeah. have that sense of you do several mini goals into one big yes. goal and you yeah. progress and you get better. It's very much ingrained in this, this more and further yeah. Yeah. mindset rather than just enjoying here and now and what mm. you have at this stage. Okay. Yeah. So let, let, me, uh, let me ask you a question then because, um, again, I, 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 I used to describe myself as a, let's call it a stressful person. Mm-hmm. I, I would say I, I was a stressful person. I used to suffer from stress, let's say. I used to tell myself that. So if that's my identity, mm. whether, it, whether it's true or not, how do, I, how do I get out of that loop? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you've asked the question, if that's my identity, because the fact is, it isn't who you are. It's mm. what you do. And so stress and anxiety tend to stem from a series of habits that we've developed. So one of those habits mm. is self-talk, is a language that we use to ourselves, is telling ourselves we must do things when, you know, actually we have a choice. Um, another thing is just stepping away from it. Because mm. I'm sure we've all been guilty of building up something into being a big thing where when we've had time to step away and take a breather and even just sleep, we okay. can come back to it and say, oh, okay, you know, with a bit of rest, I can see this differently now. So taking 10 minutes out to meditate, to have a jog, to walk around the block or to the shops or whatever that is, can just mm. reset your perspective. Because when we get in an all-absorbed, all-or-nothing perspective, we're just too yeah. close to it to see the reality of it. Okay. Have you ever done that kind of thing? Just just broke away? I wouldn't say it's my style. But yeah, well, I, I found it interesting that you mentioned 10 minutes. Who hasn't got 10 minutes? Mm. I say this to my clients, whether it be relaxing off of work because they're busy or meditation mm. or learning a new skill. Who hasn't got 10 minutes? Everyone's got mm. 10 minutes. Mm. But I think no, normally my... My gut reaction would be, okay, I've got a lot to do, so it's going to be stressful. Keep going. Let's just keep doing it. And once mm. it's done, I can relax. Mm. But you're saying, actually, that's counterproductive? Well, it often is, because often what we find is that we, we tend to overdo things. And the more worry and anxiety gets involved, the more we overcompensate. And I don't know if you've ever had this experience where you've had the exact attitude you've just said. And then it's come to, let's say, two or three weeks down the line and you realise you didn't have to do half the things that oh, you did. Yeah, and, you know, it turned out to be pointless. So sometimes actually stopping and resting and waiting is the best thing to do because it helps you to filter through. It helps you to do what actually are the important steps. And it gives you that big perspective on it that allows you to do it better. And ultimately... <laughs> Now, this is a big question, Mm. but ultimately, I think it comes down to a question of what you want your life to be. Do you want to get to the end of your life and, you know, at the pearly gates, they produce a massive tick list of all the tasks that you've managed to do? (laughs) Or do do you want to enjoy happiness (laughs) day to day, not be stressed, be calm, be controlled, smell the roses, enjoy the coffee Mm. and not just throw it down your mouth so you can get on with the next thing. Like, mm. What do you want out of this life? Because you're living this life in this moment, right here, right now. Yeah. Life doesn't start when your to-do list finishes. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Mm. I like that, actually, because uh, I am I am one of these ones that's not necessarily because I'm always stressed and go, go, go. Not necessarily, but I don't necessarily notice subtle things, I would say. Uh, in actual fact, just the other day we were out walking. We were out walking and we mm-hmm. saw some um, 
pompons. Oh yeah, fallen pompons in the tree. Yeah, and I said, I said to Stefan, they they're new. They they haven't been there for very long. Mm. And I mentioned this to somebody else, and they said that's been there for weeks. So I think, yeah. okay, so so taking in the small things, mm. stop and appreciate what is around mm. you. And that brings me to a fact, actually, that the brain, the brain filters out a lot. Um, so one of my favorite facts, which I will probably say a thousand more times in this podcast, but I just love it, is that the subconscious mind notices two million things every second, but it only brings five to nine to our conscious awareness. Wow. Yeah. Huge, right? Mm. So those five to nine things are going to be things that you're kind of, let's say, geared up for. So yeah. if you're already stressed, it's going to be the five to nine things mm. that are more stressful and more worrying. Right. If you're um, a gardener, when you go for a walk, you're going to notice the five different sorts of plants that are rare that you don't normally see. If you're, um, mm. in fact, I, my best example of this is um, I had an ex-partner whose cousin was a tree surgeon in London. Yeah. Now, I hadn't ever noticed any trees in London. I think of it as a concrete jungle. <laughs> but we drove around in the car with him because we were the same with him for a weekend. And he just point out these trees and stop at this tree and said, oh, I just want to check something with this one. And I never knew how many trees there were in London. It's hugely green. They're everywhere. Mm. But I thought it was only when I was invited to see the world through the eyes of a tree surgeon did I right. ever realize. And again, that's a perfect example. His system was attuned to looking for trees. And mm. so he saw every tree. And I didn't see any because mine wasn't. Mm. Is this the same reason, as an example, I, um, I wear hearing aids? And I always thought that most people that wear hearing aids, 99% of people that wear hearing aids mm. are people of a certain age. Mm. Uh, but since I started wearing them, mm. I notice people every single day Absolutely. wearing hearing aids. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same concept. Yeah. So because that applies to you. So, so you've got to think about if you tend to be negative or worried or anxious or stressed, it's almost like your internal computer thinks that you are interested in those things. Mm, I see. Yeah. So if you yeah. can start telling yourself, I'm interested in calmness, I'm interested in funny, in relaxation, in nature. And actually, a little game you can play is in the morning, say, okay, I want to see nature today, brain. Then you start to notice ah, those things yeah. that were always there, but you weren't tuned in to see them. Um, yeah. Oh, so positive reinforcements in the same way that. Yeah, it, well, it's kind of reminding yourself what your perspective is. And, and it's all a case of perspective. You know, if your perspective is on time, then you're going to watch every second. If your mm. perspective is on mm. seeing the sky before the sun sets, then it's totally different. You, you experience yeah. two days in a completely different way. But something you said earlier, which I didn't want to kind of lose, was you said it, it typically isn't my style. Right. To step away. And that's, again, this is like a word like identity. It's not my personality. It's not who I am. I would encourage anybody to be really careful with confusing their thinking habits and their behavioral habits with who they are. Mm. Because actually, once you start calling it my habit, because you could have said, actually, that's not my, generally my habit. You can change a habit. Mm. And we, we have this belief that it's, we can't change who we are. Yeah, okay. But if yeah. we change these things that we consider as, ident as defining characteristics and make them into habits, 
can change a habit. Mm, Most of us yeah. believe in our capacity to change a habit. So that's that's another example of language. Just be careful with that. Mm. You know, God, that's, that's not usually the way I do things. Fine, you can change the way you do things. Yeah, yeah. You must be constantly suspicious of me in conversation, Richard, because I, mm. I hear everything. <laughs> yes. I don't always pick you up on it, yes. though. I hear everything. Yeah, she she quite often <laughs> produces a list of dates and times and how many times I said it and what I was wearing yeah. at the time. It's, yeah. it's quite scary. Yeah. So, yeah, be careful yeah, but, what you say. But I do it as well. I mean, we, we all have these habits that we pick up throughout our lives. That way. And it's so easy to slip back into them and language patterns mm. and the things we said to ourselves and... You know, sometimes it's a parent's voice or it's a teacher's voice or it's an old boss's voice. Mm, yeah. And, um, yeah, I think I think it's just being mindful of that and catching yourself and going, whoa, 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 this language is funneling me down this perspective. Do I want to be in that perspective? Do I want to see the world from this mm. time-bound, stressy, never-enough place? Or, or is there another option? And um, this word habit, I think that's absolutely key to a lot of overwhelmed tendencies because it is habit to keep going without having a break it is habit mm. to overload a to-do list with unrealistic amounts of things yeah it is habit to not be realistic with ourselves about spending time with friends and a partner and work and our hobbies and personal development we can do everything but only one at a time yes. <laughs> we can't you yes. know we can do anything but not everything that's that's mm. the phrase i was going for <laughs> and and these are habits these are patterns that we fall into as human beings that we can get ourselves out of if we just become aware that, that we're doing. And, and mm. I'm a classic one for this. I love my job. I love doing creative projects. I, I get a thrill out of ticking off the to-do list. I've probably got a bit of a dopamine hit every time I tick something off there, serotonin. <laughs> and you sometimes have to pull me away from the computer, don't yep. you? You, yep. you? You know, you know, oh, she's starting to get tired. She's starting mm-hmm. to get snappy now. Yeah. And I'm fully aware of this. but. Yeah, so, so sometimes the reason that we're overwhelmed is because we have a kind of joy factor tied into it. There's something that mm. we like and enjoy that we're getting out of it. Yeah, yeah. And we're ignoring the, the increasing stress of it because we're searching for that thing. So I think it's also being honest with ourselves. You can have too much of a good thing. Yes. You know, you mm. can go and go and go and deplete all your energy and then burn out. So even though I'd love to spend every hour of the day making videos and writing mm, and drawing painting <laughs> pictures i have to realize that i can't mm. our body's just not made to handle constant doing and so that'd be a question that i had for the audience really you know what mm. what what are your patterns your routines your habits yeah. that you know you're guilty of yeah that are getting you to this point of overwhelm okay. because it's probably something in your patterns as an individual Okay, so if we are doing this to ourselves, let's let's say that we have very, very busy work schedules. How do we get out of that habit? How do, what do we do? Do we set ourselves a boundary? Do we change our job? What do we do? One of the key things, what does it mean if you don't do what you think you've got to do? Because mm. it nearly always means something. That's well, true. it means that I'm a bad mother. It means that I'm a bad mm. daughter. And, and actually, some people around us do kind of push these buttons deliberately because they know we have these like guilt traps almost. Mm. And, and actually, it doesn't mean anything. It mm. means that you are sensory overloaded and just going, it doesn't mean anything. Mm. It doesn't matter. It does not define your identity, whether or not you do mm. a task or a series of tasks. Mm. I have another thought that may or may not be relevant here, but something just reminded me of. I spent quite a number of years in retail. 
I knew the staff that I could rely on. I knew the staff that couldn't do overtime, let's say. Mm. I knew the staff that couldn't work later. I knew the staff that would gladly mm. and so on. Mm. So I got into the habit of knowing who to lean on, I suppose. I, I knew that I yeah. could ask this person. And I said, mm. yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. I'll work loads for you. It's not a problem. Mm. But... Another person may say, well, no, I can't because I've got to be here and here and here. Mm. Now, I didn't appreciate this until after I stepped away from the industry, but you do soon realize, actually, if you keep saying yes to all these things, you'll keep mm. being asked. Mm. But if you say no to yourself, no, I'm not working any extra hours. Yeah. If they ask me, I'm saying no. Um, and get that habit done, you'll be asked less. You're setting a boundary. And actually, would that then change your habits? Yeah. The saying no could be a major saying habit, no. actually. Yeah. Because, again, it's what does it mean to say no? Mm. Well, it doesn't mean anything. It mm. just means that, you know, you don't mm. have to explain yourself to anybody. Nobody mm. has to know your reasons. We, we often yeah. feel compelled to, and often we have good reasons. But it's okay to say no. Yeah, and I'm just going along to what you also said a second ago about it doesn't mean that that person, that your manager or your line of team leader, whoever it might be, were, won't favour you because you said no, it's not, it's not true. On the other hand of that, um, if you are overwhelmed, do it involve others. People often have pride in doing it all themselves, but mm. I don't think others judge us as much as we think they do for helping out. And, and something that we often forget about other people is people actually like helping. I mean, yeah. if you ask 10 people, why do you do your job? I bet the majority will say, because I like helping people. Yeah. Absolutely and right. you know yeah. we bond by helping each other we get dopamine which makes us feel good we build social connections through fe feeling helpful gives us a boost of confidence and a bit of you know stride in a step mm. oh. and yeah. this is it's nice to be helped for both parties there's really good stuff coming from both parties so do ask your you know colleagues or your significant other or even your children you know to help set the table mm. or whatever it is lean on others and delegate and and often it empowers them so i've spoken to a lot of people and um, i think you've even probably said you're guilty of this as a retail manager if this if you want a job done properly you'll do it yourself yes absolutely but actually what <laughs> <laughs> and that's all well and good but what it does is the people who could be empowered to do that thing mm. and could learn and could have personal growth from them doing it never yeah. get that opportunity mm -hmm. because you never give it to them yeah that's a tough one that's that's certainly a phrase I've mm. been telling myself all Had my life pretty go. much. Oh, forget it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And yeah. you're taking on more and more and more and more. It's yeah. not helpful. Yeah. Um, I think do lean on others, but at the yeah. same time, do be willing to say no when you need to say no. Take rest to give yourself more perspective. Think about your perspective and choose a more positive perspective. Notice the language that you're saying in your head. And change that language, particularly changing anything that identifies um, an identity mm. involving stress and overwhelm yeah. and make it into habit statements. And look at your habits, look at your patterns, see what you do and be really honest mm. with yourself about it. And you can laugh at yourself, mm. humour's allowed, you know. So you may not even be aware of certain things. Yeah, you may not be yeah. aware or you may be aware, mm. but you deny it to yourself. Yes. And I'm speaking from personal experience with this. Mm. I know I overdo it sometimes and get sometimes. burnt out. And the final thing that I really wanted to say in this podcast is the idea of taking on small tasks. 
Now, this is a bit of a danger zone, I think. And so you have to be really honest with yourself. On the one hand, doing the small things that you have the energy to do is great. It kind of gives mm-hmm. you a bit of momentum. It gives you a sense of achievement. And it can be enough to propel you into doing the big tasks. However, if you're a big procrastinator, sometimes it's amazing how many small tasks you can fit into a week and never do the big tasks. I don't know why she's looking at me so harshly. <laughs> well, I think we're all guilty of it. So, yeah. so something that's worth considering is how much energy do you have that day? So what I suggest you do mm. is ask yourself, if you were a battery, and if you think about a phone battery is probably useful for this one, yep. what percentage are you at today? If you're at 100%, mm. think about what are those tasks that I've got to do that are the biggies, that are the, you know, mm-hmm. this is going to take most of my battery. Do that first where you've got the battery power. If you wake up and you've got 10% because you've not slept and you've had days and days of working hard and you've got streaming children and maybe you've got a bit of a cold and you're not well, don't even think about tackling it Mm. and don't feel guilty about tackling it. Ask yourself, what is on my list that only requires 10% or even only requires 5% Mm -hmm. so you can save a bit of battery, you know, and do those ones. So, So my dream formula, if you like, would be to judge by energy, not by time. But also, but also if you've got a lot of energy, be honest with yourself and choose those days to tackle the big thing that you've been putting off. Because that can be just as... Yeah, and we've all got a big thing we've been putting off. So do you have any further tips to add? If if people are at home right now feeling overwhelmed, feeling it's all a bit much... Stop, sit down, breathe, Mm. and breathe again. Do do Mm. just short breathing exercise. Uh, and come away from it. So, I mean, it's... And you can get those free on my website if you go to stepclasses.com yes, yes. slash resources. There you go. Yeah, it's a 10-minute meditation. Like we say earlier, everyone's yeah, got quite, 10 yeah. minutes. Stop, breathe, do a 10-minute meditation, and then go back to it. So hopefully that's been useful and you've got some hints and tips. So please do write into us. Uh, we'd love to know your feedback. We'd love to know what topics that you'd like to do in future episodes. Um, and just, just reach out and connect with us because we're here to keep you company. Yeah. and offer some insight and inspiration and we use, yeah. use our resource come speak to us and we'll do what we can absolutely so i've been steph clarkson and richard mason thank you and we'll see you next time thank you see you soon <laughs>